Okay, did your Friday just get better? Because you know that we're going to have another interview and an interview from someone who's absolutely going to inspire you. This is so good. If you are a homeschool mom, this is for you. If you are a teacher, this is for you. If you are a parent, you are going to see so many wonderful options that are in store and popping up all over America for your child's education. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing homeschool mom turned micro school builder and you are going to hear her story. You're going to hear how her seed, a small seed, came into another great big idea and then another greater big idea. And just being a registered nurse Turned homeschool mom is a beautiful story in itself. And then seeing how over the years she truly did do her research and find out that her community needed something. And when she noticed that her community needed something, that their children needed a better option, a higher value of education, a more flexible approach to learning, she went after it. And just since October, Brenna has turned her barn into a micro school, has hired two teachers. Get this, if you're a teacher and you're thinking, can I build a micro school right now? What if you could partner up with a homeschool mom who is wanting to do this, but they need you just as much as you need them? And Brenna was able to hire two teachers to come and work at her micro school, giving an option for families who homeschool their children It's a beautiful story. She's going to talk to us about imposter syndrome. She's going to talk to us about the process in leaving her registered nurse position, becoming a homeschool mom, the transitions, the emotions that she felt wrapped around that experience. She's also going to share with us the wins that she's had, how she's gotten students for her school, how she has enrolled children, coming from a place of a servant's heart. I know that you will gain so much goodness from this interview. Let's get into it. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. I am so excited to be sharing this incredible interview with you. Just sit back, relax, and let the possibilities flood your mind. Now, if you are a teacher or a parent beginning your process of developing a tutoring business, homeschooling business, or a micro school, and you have not registered for our educational marketing series, you have just a couple days left. The closing date is 
Monday, May 2nd. It is our five-week program that's going to help you in the process of building your business, getting your students enrolled, which is so exciting. Can you believe it? You're actually starting to build something and you're going to be able to see the fruit of your labor. We would love to have you with us. Five-week program along with May, June, July accountability group, where we're not just going to help you in the process of enrolling students, but we're going to help you in your mindset, in your time management, pouring into you and helping you through the foundational, the sweaty moments of trying to build something from the ground up. We're here for you. We're so excited to help you along this journey. So head on over to www.teachersletyourlightshine.com slash group coaching again The closing date is Monday, May 2nd. We want to make sure that you are in. We only have a couple spots left. Head on over to www.teachersletyourlightshine.com slash group coaching. When the seats are filled up, they are filled up. We want to keep it small so that we can really develop great relationships with the teachers and the parents who are involved. So head on over there. Let's get started with today's beautiful interview without further ado. Let's hit it. Hello, Brenna, and welcome to the show, the Teacher Let Your Light Shine show. Homeschool mom turned micro school builder. We are so excited to have you here today to inspire us, encourage us, and tell us your story. Hello, Mackenzie. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. It is a long time coming. I am so grateful. You're the very first person that has built their micro school or in the process of building their micro school to be on the show. So we are just, we're just here to just relish in the greatness of you stepping out and starting something from scratch. So I would love if you do not mind to start by just sharing your story with us of how this journey began for me, for you starting your own micro school. Oh, okay. Yes. My story. Um, it all began, um, I, 10 years ago, actually this month we had twins. Um, one of our twins has a muscle disease and I had never known anyone that homeschooled before or anything. So when it was time for them to start school, we just did what we did with our other children and we put them in public school starting with pre-K. They were only there for about two and a half hours a day. But as the year went on and fall came around, our little boy started catching everyone's colds. um, And that would result in pneumonia because whenever you have a muscle disease, it's very hard to move your secretions around. And so he would miss a lot of the school year. Um, a couple of those stays ended us in the hospital and it was very scary. So the summer between preschool and kindergarten, I got very anxious, um, did not want to put them in kindergarten. I was worried for his health. So we began our homeschooling journey at that point. Wow. Starting out. And I understand that is so difficult. You had twins, kudos to you, and you're trying to navigate this time of just releasing your children, but also this is a very special circumstance that you had to really keep in mind and you started homeschooling and what had you been doing before being a homeschool mom? I had never been a homeschool mom before and (laughs) I was, I was a, a career labor and delivery nurse for 17 years. And all of a sudden I found myself at home trying to navigate 
navigate how to educate my children when I did not have anyone to talk to about that. But also um, all of a sudden I was pulled away from my adult support system and the women that I worked with and loved all of a sudden I didn't have a tribe anymore at home and it was hard to navigate all of that. Oh my goodness. You know what you really, I believe touch a lot of teacher hearts who are thinking, you know, either they love their career, but they are dissatisfied or they're wanting to homeschool their children to be with their child. Like you were, and they are concerned about leaving, like you said, your tribe and trying to navigate that. And I'm sure that you definitely felt bouts of loneliness and you're trying to navigate a child who has some special needs and now trying to figure out how you're going to homeschool and have no clue what to do with that. I mean, that is such an incredible testimony, Brenna. Thank you. It's been quite the journey. Um, After I started having all of these strange feelings of basically grief is what I can describe it mostly from losing a lot of my uh, girlfriends and my coworkers, I started reaching out in the homeschool Facebook groups to see if anybody wanted to get together and spend some time out in nature, inspire each other, support each other. And all of a sudden now over the span of four years, I have 31 families in this wonderful nature group that I host And I have this tribe of women that I can now call my friends and my children have friends and we spend time with each other each week. And it's just become this most beautiful thing. As our children started getting older, now we're in year four, we've looked at each other and kind of said, hey, junior high is coming up. What are you going to do next year in science and social studies? Um, Those two subjects can really be taught in a group setting easily. And so... That's kind of where my mind started running with, I needed to look into maybe some part-time hybrid options for my twins to go to. And that is how Basecamp hybrid hybrid (laughs) school came to be. That is so beautiful. And when did you really get this idea to start Basecamp hybrid school? I remember whenever I started the podcast back in the fall, you were one of the very first people to join in the group. And I was actually trying to go back into our Facebook group and try to find the post where you were saying, I will, I would really love to do this, but I don't have a place. And I think I wrote back to you and said, and you said something about having a barn. And I said, oh, you should turn your barn into it. And you're like, well, I'm going to need a lot of money for that. (laughs) Something along (laughs) those lines. And then lo and behold, you're like, I'm turning my barn into a school. So tell us even (laughs) just about that. Yes, that whole thing. And now I'm laughing. I literally just came in from outside. We are working on the schoolhouse slash barn renovation. Um, I got this idea in October. I started calling around to some local hybrid schools and there literally are only four in the metro here in uh, the state that I live in, which is Oklahoma. And they would accept my girl twin, but were uncomfortable um, serving the needs of my special needs twin. Mm -hmm. So we could not find a hybrid school for them both to attend. And that's really where base camp um, uh, came alive. I, in a world full of big nose. My son gets lots of the big nose, the in the word N-O a lot. And 
me being the mama bear that I am, I was like, he's not going to get this. No, we're going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen. And all of that started overnight in October. I spoke with my husband about it a little bit. He looked at me like I was a little crazy, but he jumped right on board. Um, I did not know exactly how or where I was going to have this. And I did, I found your podcast and then I found your Facebook group and we did have that little brief conversation. Um, I do have a barn in my backyard. We live on two acres and on the back side of our property, we have a barn that was dilapidated, but had really good bones. It just had been neglected for a while. We used to have some horses down there and some goats um, in the years past. And so I didn't exactly know where I was going to come up with the money to make this modern one room schoolhouse that I have envisioned in my head with a, a beautiful outdoor classroom and a beautiful nature play yard. I could, I could just see it. I just didn't know where I was going to get the money. And we ended up borrowing some money from the equity in our home that we have here. And that loan went, went flawlessly. And now here we are almost complete with a one room schoolhouse built from the ground up in our backyard. It's so beautiful. It is. We love, I absolutely adore just watching your journey going through this. And Brenna, I definitely want to go back to whenever you said during that time of loneliness and grief and trying to navigate homeschooling for the first time and wondering, you know, because you do have other children that had been through public school. Yes. Three. And so, yeah. So this was a complete different path that you were going, going down. And I know that many of our listeners can resonate with that. I mean, even just for myself leaving public school, I was trying to figure out who else has ever left public school and became a homeschool mom or, you know, what homeschool mom has started a micro school. It's, you know, that they're out there, but you just, it's really difficult to find. And the fact that you, you know, I'm just seeing some repetitive things happening, such as you knew that you needed to find an answer, but you didn't sit around and wait for it to come to you. You started reaching out. And I think that that's a lot of times where we get stuck is because we don't know what to say. We don't know where to go. We don't know who to connect with. And you just had this idea, you put it out there. And now look, four years later, you have 31 families who you've connected with through this homeschooling group. Same thing with your son trying to figure out, you know, in, like you said, the big world of N-O-No, how can I create a space for him to make him feel safe, to be accepted and to invite this opportunity for other people? The third one, I don't have a, I don't have the means, so to speak, to get this barn refurbished so that we can turn it into a school, but you kept finding a way. And that is just such a beautiful gift, Brenna. I mean, that you didn't stop and that you just knew if I just keep searching, it says in the scriptures, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find knock and the door will be opened. And I think that the story is, is, is a prime example. Yes. I, I tell my husband, I look at him often And along with the teachers that I've hired, which we'll get to that in a little bit, um, I look at them often and not one part of this micro school, hybrid school journey has been difficult. Um, And it blows my mind. The, The idea hasn't been difficult. 
Um, finding mentors have not been difficult. Getting the money has not been difficult. Finding the students has not been difficult. Getting perfect, beautiful teachers has not been difficult. And uh, all I can all I can think about, all I can find the answer to about that is that whenever you want to serve from your heart and you don't have really any, you don't have, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm not looking to gain rich things from this uh, other than for my children, but I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for, oh, I'm really known in my community. She owns the school. I really truly do want to serve others. And I really truly do want to have a place for community and to let teachers teach have the freedom to teach how they desire. And I feel like whenever you come from that place in your heart, things just come so easily. Mm. I've never experienced this before ever. Oh my gosh. That is, that just gave me chills. That is really beautiful. You're right. It gives me chills. (laughs) Yes. You know, just having a servant's heart and wanting to give. And I remember when you and I had a phone call, this was back in February and we I'm like, Brenna, you know, it was going to be an hour and ended up being like, what, two and a half, three hours. And it was so, it was so incredible. I walked away feeling so much clarity for myself and just being able to help other teachers and walk you through many components. But what I did notice about you, Brenna, is you really have thought about not necessarily the legacy for yourself, but the legacy for your family, that this is going to be a generational blessing because what you've built can be used for years and years and years to come. And it's been a blessing for your community. Let's start with Basecamp Hybrid School and what age groups you are serving. Basecamp Hybrid School is serving grades or ages. Um, Homeschoolers sometimes uh, do not know what grade their child is in if they've homeschooled the whole time. So uh, we serve the grade or ages first through eighth grade or sixth through 14. Okay, great. And have you said earlier that you haven't really faced a lot of disappointment necessarily, you know, everything has, God has made everything smooth for you and, and things have connected and you've been able to just join forces with so many people. Have you ever faced doubt at the beginning, like trying to figure out what grades you are going to serve, who you were going to serve, where the students were going to come from? Absolutely. I still faced doubt. Um, it, it, it has gotten easier as the time has go on to not let it creep up and really take a hold of me, but I still faced out. I faced doubt. I started out te- wanting base camp to teach grades fifth through eighth, because ultimately those, that is the grade fifth grade is the grade that my twins are going into next year. And I wanted this to grow with them. So I started it out fifth through eighth grade. Um, as I got one or two students for that little class, I had an influx in my inbox. And what I mean by that, I was just reaching out to homeschool Facebook groups. Um, when are you going to have third and fourth grade? Are you going to open it up for third graders? Can fourth graders just attend, please? Um, 
third and fourth grade seemed to really hit the forefront. So I then opened it up to third through eighth grade. So I have a third and fourth grade class that meets two days a week. And I have a fifth through eighth grade class that meets two days a week, which left Friday open for the school to not be used. Um, One of my teachers that is teaching one of the classes really adores the grades first through second. And she asked for her own self, could she please use Fridays to teach a first through second grade enrichment class that will focus on STEM and art. And I just couldn't say no to her. So that's how our first and second graders have come along. It's so beautiful. And for these teachers, so you being a homeschool mom, yes, you gave the, you, you have the property you started. And and I talked to the, I talked to a lot of teachers about this who are saying, but I teach high school but I'm, I really want this for my son or I teach middle school, but I really want this for my daughter and, or, you know, vice versa. And I'll say to them, start where you are. You know, we have to understand why we truly, truly want this. And if it's not only for teachers to break away, to be able to experience the joy of teaching and creation just without limits, if they're doing this for their children at the heart of it as well, Like you said, you started with fifth through eighth. That's where you were. Same thing for your teacher starting out exactly where they are. And I think there is a little bit of doubt that comes in because I was even speaking about this with a group of teachers. I talked about this with the mustard seed. It's so small. And we think, oh, but it's just so small to start with fifth and eighth grade or just with this age group. But what can come from the mustard seed? You know, the the greatest growth and just thinking about also your teachers that are only going to be teaching. Is it two days a week? Correct. Each teacher, two days a week. Yes. I have two teachers and they will each be teaching two days a week. Um, except for the other teacher, she now will be teaching three days because she wants to teach that little Friday class. But, um, yes, two days a week. They, they want to do this because, uh, like you had mentioned before, they have had new babies. One of them has a brand new baby and they want to stay at home with their children, but they love to teach. So this was per- a perfect job for them. Yes. Such an incredible opportunity. And in the state of Oklahoma, have you known anything, you know, have you come up against anything legally, like with homeschool law, setting up your LLC, any type of funding you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about some legalities that you had to consider when it came to building your business. Um, to be honest, I still consider a lot of them because we don't have any. And so that makes me feel like someone's going to come knock on my door at any moment and be like, um, you can't do this. <laughs> um, but Oklahoma does not have any homeschool laws. It's actually written in our Oklahoma constitution that we are free free to um, educate our children how we wish, which is amazing for Mm -hmm. what I am creating here because uh, we do not have any homeschool laws. There are no legal things that I need to jump through. Um, Like I said, there are several uh, mamas who have hybrid schools here in our metro. There are four other hybrid schools here and they have their LLC, which um, they mentored me really they've been so awesome to mentor me. And all they said was we just went and got our LLC, which was 
a hundred dollars and I now own my little own small business. I think that a few of them are now applying to be a nonprofit so that they can receive donations easier mm -hmm. because they are right now renting churches to have their hybrid schools in and they are probably in year two or three and have grown substantially and now want to build their own buildings. And so I kind of use them as mentors and kind of as a um, a looking glass per se, because they're in year two or three. And so far they have run into no legality problems at all. Absolutely. I know it is so interesting, just even breaking away from what I had experienced in public school, which I had an incredible experience by the way. And I feel as if I've always said that throughout the podcast, but my heart just was longing for more. I just went, even when just beginning to homeschool my daughters felt like this is so easy to yes. do, you know, don't you need attendance records? Don't you need, yes. <laughs> don't, don't you need to come to my house and make sure that I'm doing this? Don't you need to see all my lesson plans? And they're like, no, we trust you as a parent. And I just think that that is so unique and so precious. I think, especially if you're coming from a public school background or private school, you don't know much about homeschooling. So there is some mindset, mind shift changes that we have to go through. And it's just one of those moments where you're going, just like you said, you're looking around going, is what I'm doing even legal? And the truth is it is, but no one's really talking about it. You have to find this somewhere. And I'm so glad that you have found really great mentors, Brenna. Yes. I would like to also know, how have you found the most success. How many students do you have total now? Oh my goodness. I have, um, let me count really quick. I have 16, 24, I have 24, stu 24 students and your barn isn't even ready. I haven't and even opened and I yeah, have haven't even opened. Students. <laughs> I know it's incredible. And I now we were talking during that conversation in February, we were talking about marketing your school and how you were going to get the students. Would you mind sharing some of your really great strategies or what you have found to be successful? To be honest, I have gotten almost every single one of my students through Facebook uh, homeschooling groups, posting mm -hmm. in there, asking what parents' needs are, uh, creating Basecamp Hybrid School's own Facebook page, and starting to post what philosophies I use, which we are going to be a project-based hybrid school. Um, we teach science and social studies. You do math and language at home on your days at home. So our little niche is that we do science and social studies in a project-based way. And we will also be going out into the community um, learning about if the children are interested in you know, um, let's just say one day somebody wants to own a pet store and we are learning about creating pet stores. We will invite someone or go visit a pet store. We're really going to get community involvement um, going there. And so once I started posting about what we are going to do and what what our niche was, people just started coming. And to be honest, it has been so easy. And every single, I, sometimes I laugh with one of the teachers because we do family interviews 
very casual family interviews with each one of our families that apply. And 95% of our families say this at the end of the interview. They look at both of us and they say, this is exactly what we were looking for. Thank you for creating this. And oh. now, now whenever that happens, my, my teacher and I look at each other like we're kind of in the twilight zone because we, we are like, are they teaming up together to say that at the end of each interview? But it's true. They all say it. They all say this is exactly what we've been looking for. Thank you so much for creating this. Oh my gosh, Brenna, that is absolutely beautiful. Oh my goodness. I, I'm just sitting here. I would feel the same way. I really would. And I have had a extremely similar process, the same outcome. As a matter of fact, many parents, I have students who came from private school, public school and homeschooling about even throughout each one of those categories. And they will say, if they were coming from public school, they'll say, oh my gosh, this is exactly what they do not get to receive in public school. If they came from homeschooling, they'll say, this is exactly what I needed because I don't have this community or this support, or I need eyes on it. I need eyes from a teacher to help me homeschooling my child. Or if they came from private school, they have found that they were paying a really high ticket price for what they seem to be getting the same result, even from a public school. Now, I also have another group of students, and I'm pretty sure that you've seen this too, almost like a transitional type of group. And I, I use that throughout speaking with teachers, because when we talk about who we market our services to, if you're working with elementary, it's very beneficial to start with, well, where are those elementary students coming from? Typically, if you're if you're able to do kindergarten and first grade, they're coming from preschool. Their parents have not made that decision yet. You had middle school. And so where were the students going to come as they were entering into middle school? Well, parents are thinking ahead like, well, you know, I know they're getting ready to go into middle school. I need this experience for them. Where can I find that? And that's where your third and your fourth grade students are. That's such a unique age group. I think you're really going to enjoy that, Brenna. I hope so too. So you really plugged into Facebook and homeschool communities. Absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that because that is something that we as teachers coming from where we, where we have been, many of us did not have a connection to homeschooling families and they need our services. So yes, plugging into those homeschool groups. If you are working in a school system right now, that's difficult, but you have Facebook, you have social media to use and social media is an amazing platform because it is one to many, meaning you made a post about your philosophy and that one post got out to many people. Many, many how do you enjoy using social media? Do you, have you had a basis for social media prior to starting your business? I do. I, I use social media, especially whenever I started staying home, being a homeschool mom, because like I said, all of a sudden I was in a different world. Um, I had gotten on Instagram and started following some homeschooling, uh, pages. I really connected with the Instagram page wild and free, That is the nature group that I run actually um, is ran is a connected with the wild and free Instagram um, page. It's, it's a beautiful, yes, it's a beautiful place where homeschooling families can be inspired and supported and they have homeschooling conferences and I've connected with many mothers through wild and free. Um, So in social media was not 
not new to me. I do have a love-hate relationship with social media, but the things that I have to remind myself is that it is free, which is lovely because I, being almost 50 years old, I can think of a time where the internet was not a thing. And how would I have reached out to families then, you know? Um, so it is free. You can reach a lot of people and you can connect with people in your local community easily. Um, also I use Canva to make little, um, to, to really solidify my brand. Um, I make little posters and flyers and I use those on my Instagram page. I stick with certain colors that uh, resonate with people. I put my logo on there and I think that that on every single post. And I think that that will just like really drive home, make the name more common. Whenever people think of a hybrid school, they'll think, oh, wasn't there one out there called Base Camp? And they can yes. maybe see my little logo in their head. And um, to be honest, every single student that I have enrolled has been through Facebook, except one. I have posted flyers and brochures at my library. I did receive one enrolled student from that, but Facebook has been amazing. Yes, it has. And you're right. There is a love-hate relationship with social media. And mm-hmm. I I actually am, am absolutely proud to say this, that I have outsourced my social media. Yes, it's still my face and it's still my ideas, but I am not one. I'm too creative. I'm too zany to be setting and making things all the time. It's just not my forte. And so if that's not my strength, if I would rather be doing things for my school and personally reaching out and speaking to people, I just outsource that. I have a sister-in-law. I have my wonderful digital manager, Madison, because I have my school. Plus I have teacher, let your light shine. And that is a lot to manage. I'm a mom and I am a teacher and I just don't want my whole life to be consumed with trying to play around with social media. So I believe that you have the right strategy by using Canva and you do have to have, you know, some self-control. You got to make sure that you don't get caught into the whirlpool of getting sucked into all of the social media, you know, thrills and frills, but it seems as if you are very adamant, you're very clean in the way that you present your school. And I'm so grateful that it has been a wonderful platform for you. Now, Brenna, did you also do some reaching out into your community, like through your chamber of commerce? I did. I joined my chamber of commerce here in my town. Beautiful. Eight o'clock in the morning at different local businesses around uh, this town here. I don't know how they do it in other towns and local businesses are welcome to come and have coffee and just really network. And that has been a way that I have gotten the word out here in my town. Whenever we get our building a little bit closer to being done, they will do a ribbon cutting ceremony and they advertise that in my town. They ha- The local newspaper here in my town did an interview with me about base camp and that went out on the digital and um, printed local newspaper. And so I have, I've, I've really reached out and I'm, I'm a big community person and I want to know people in my community and I, and I want them to know me too. And Absolutely. So- and I think that even if there's someone listening who says, but I'm not a community person, mm-hmm. I've been so dedicated to my job and I, and I can vouch for this. I'm raising my hand going, but I would go to work and I would just immerse myself there and I would come home and take care of my younger children and go to bed and repeat the cycle all over again. But it's never too late. No, it's never too late. Um, it, community is, is wonderful. 
I, this also is coming from someone who is a big extrovert, (laughs) Um, but I couldn't do anything that has been hard in my life without a community of some type. And Mm. so it's, it's very near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. To create community and to be a part of community. Now, one more question about marketing for your school. And that is, have you had any no's? I have had no's. Um, We are, my school is the only secular hybrid school in the Metro here um, that I've had knows for that reason. They're looking for um, a, a school that had, that t- has a statement of faith that you have to, that's required there. And they teach about, you know, their religion or different things like that. Um, I have had knows on based on my price. I have had no's based on the fact that there are multi-grades in, you know, in one classroom. Yes. Brenna, we all are hearing you. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat going, yes, yes, I understand. I mean, I've had people say no to me because of the faith. I've had people say no because of the price. I've had people say no because they wanted cameras up at all over my house. And I've had people say no, because they wanted, needed to understand more about multi-age classrooms. So yes. how did you respond to that when you, you know, I think sometimes we can feel this sense of rejection. How did you respond to that? And what kept you continuing to move forward? The first no that I received, I, it, it I've never been told no before whenever I was trying to create something that came from my heart. So it was right. a sense of reason. Um, so the first no that I received, I did have to take a step back and, and think I'm not going to be for everyone. Um, also, I don't want this to be a place for every, yes. I mean, I do, yes. place of, I want it to be inclusive and a place of community, but I want to be able to serve people um, how they, how well, I want us to be a good fit. And so I have to realize that I'm not going to be a good fit for everyone. And that's okay. That's right. It's so funny because my mother-in-law told me last year, someone was asking me to do middle school. And I had, you know, I, all of my students were, were not in middle school. And I was like, but I, I had this scarcity mindset of, but, but what if I don't, what if I don't allow them in and I don't get another student and my mother-in-law looked at me and she said, Mackenzie, does Chick-fil-A sell cheeseburgers? And I said, <laughs> no. And she said, well, there you go. You do not have to serve everything to everybody. You can feel empowered by who you serve and how you serve them. And just rest in knowing that you're not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. There's a reason why Chick-fil-A doesn't sell cheeseburgers, you know? And so it's okay to say, I'm not ready for that yet, or that's not how I have envisioned my school. And so I'm proud of you for that. And just being able to push on, push through. And like you said, it's hard to hear no, especially if you've never heard, had to hear no before. It was very hard because I, before I started my hybrid school, I was on the other end of that. My son was told no. Um, and so whenever I decided I wanted to start my hybrid school, all of a sudden I was the hybrid school needing to say no. Sometimes, um, I, whenever he was told, no, I was like, I'm going to make this hybrid school and it is going to be inclusive to everyone. I am a registered nurse. So is my husband. We will take on special children with special needs. Um, 
you know, we're just going to do it all. You know, that was my whole, my whole thing. And the first time that I had a family ask me and told me about their child's specific needs, and I was put in my place really quick, knowing that I could not serve that child. Um, I can serve a lot of children, but I knew that it would not be a safe environment. I knew that I did not have the education or the tools to serve that child. And so I had to say no, all of a sudden I was on the other end of Mm -hmm. what, what was, had happened to me. So, um, yes, I have to really stick with what I know that I can do and and know that I want to do. And if it, and if it can't be, it just can't be. That's right. And I appreciate you sharing that because as teachers, we know how it feels to have students in our classrooms with special needs. And there are many teachers who have a special ed background and are really wanting to start their micro school specifically for students with disabilities and having, being a teacher who was an inclusive teacher and having many students with learning disabilities or other disabilities, it was very hard for me to tell parents, I'm so sorry the truth is, I don't think that I am the best fit for your child due to yes, either safety a, or hard. health. That's- it is because you know that they need someone, but that, but yes, because I, I was that parent. It, it was very hard. Yes. Now for a celebration though, you made the, you made the papers, you've hired the teachers, you've been such a community builder and we're just so grateful for that. You have had this success, Brenna. I would love for you to share the upcoming school year. Are you going to run summer camps? And also, are you planning for like a start the year launch? Yes, we are going to do summer camps. Um, I want, like I said, base camp to be a place of community. So my teachers are actually the ones that brought it up that they wanted to do some summer camps, really use their strengths or their talents to do some things during the summer and to share. So I have an art teacher that teaches at my school um, and she is going to do several art classes in the summer. Um, I have found uh, the little local coffee shop up the street. We have a local high school graduate who's going on to college for music. She's going to be our piano teacher this summer and she is basically using my space um, to host children and to teach them piano lessons, the same as the art teacher. Um, We are the Oklahoma City Zoo. Actually, our local zoo is going to come out one day and bring animals out and we're going to have live animals here and they're going to have some classes. And so I'm hoping that that will uh, let people, A, come into my building and to see what we are. B, obviously, I want to share with them about Base Camp Hybrid School, and that will maybe generate some more enrollment, although that's not my main motivation. C, I want this just to be a place of community that people can come to, homeschooled or not, a place to hang out, a place to meet other families, to find your tribe, to find like-minded individuals here. And um, we're really excited about that. And yes, in August, we have not got together yet because my teachers still teach public school and they have a few weeks left of teaching public school and then they are free and we are going to start hitting the ground on building our curriculum and um, all the workings of base camp and what will come. And in August, we definitely want to plan a meet your teacher night, um, meet your friends night, everybody come out, maybe do some burgers and ice cream or something like that. See the school. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. 
Oh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, I want to go yes. I'm gonna get my plane ticket, but <laughs> I I'm, I'm really serious. And I've said this to you before, Brenna, I really want to come. I just, it would be an honor to come out there and to see all of the beautiful work that you and your teachers have done. I just really feel like I'm getting teary eyed thinking about the burger night and the ice cream social. It's, it's really a dream come true for it many really teachers. Is. It really to is even my, think about that. Yes. My teachers are so excited. They just, you know, they don't know much about homeschooling. And that's one thing that I really want to help them with um, by helping them listen to your podcast and to maybe tap into some of the, like I was mentioning before the wild and free Instagram page and stuff like that, and really get familiar with homeschoolers and the different types of philosophies, but they just, it's blowing their mind. They come to me and they're like, we get to teach in this project-based way and take time with small classrooms. And we get to go home at three o'clock and we don't have papers to grade and all the administrative side to all of it. And I'm like, no, you really don't. Mm-hmm. Like we get to just pour into these children and then you get to go home and pour into your family and probably have the leftover energy to do so because you're not doing all the extra things that you had to to do in public school. And they are, they are just so extremely excited. I am so excited to be able to let my children go to school in their backyard. Like mm, that blows my so mind. It is just like a dream come true. Um, all of it. I want you to come visit. All of it is just really, it's really just a dream. It is. And, you know, we keep saying in our Facebook group, and if anybody who's listening is not a part of our Facebook group, we invite you to come. It's such an empowering place to be with so much encouragement and so many people who will lift you up. But we keep saying we need to have a retreat, you know? And so I'm just, I just see in the future as people start to build the schools in their backyard or wherever they choose to do so, you know, whether they rent a plaza or they rent a church, these would be perfect opportunities for us to get together to celebrate the success of others. And I would love to know before we get off, Brenna, what advice do you have for those who are thinking of starting a micro school? My advice would be just if you, if it keeps on tugging at you, it just kept on tugging at me, just do it. You you just have to take the leap, just take the leap and do it and start small if you need to, or start big if you want to just, you just have to do it. That's right. It's saying yes. Yes. You have to say yes to yourself mainly. Exactly. Yes. And now Brenna, please tell us, because I know as soon as people get off of this podcast, they're going to say, I want to go see base camp hybrid. Where do we go? Tell us where we can find you at. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's base camp hybrid school. And then I have a website and it is basecamphybridschool.net. Um, and you can look at my website there, but if you would like to see my school being built, we, every Tuesday, I post about our one room schoolhouse transformation Tuesday, and it's just coming along. It's so (laughs) cool. I just remember, I mean, watching it from the very beginning, the very first Tuesday of transformation Tuesday, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's really happening. It's really happening. It is. And they can find you in our Facebook group. And I think that many people after this episode are going to be like, oh my gosh, Brennan, they're going to be celebrating you. And we're just, we're rooting for you. We're praying for you. We're cheering for you. And we are here for you. And we're going to have you come back after the school year starts. So we can say, what is it really like now that you've actually built it? Oh my gosh. Don't scare me. (laughs) I'm so 
nervous about what is it really going to be like now, but mainly very excited. I'm so of excited. Of course, it's so unknown. We know that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's so just a walk you feel in the fog and yeah. it doesn't get clear right away. You just keep walking through the fog and you will come to a place where there's more clarity and you'll actually see the fruit of your labor. Yes. My, my big, my big hope is that this imposter syndrome that I have going on will go away because you have to believe in yourself. Mm, Um, I I, I keep having imposter syndrome and like, that is not true. I have beautiful teachers who are very experienced. Um, I have a serving heart and I am also a registered nurse and I, we have a great team and we are going to produce a wonderful, wonderful product. You sure are. We're, we're happy to see you along the way, Brenna. Thank you for coming on and we'll be sure to contact you back and have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure.